well, well, good morning, good people. How are you? 6.35 a.m. here on the East Coast. This is February 14th, 2020. I want to thank you for choosing to subscribe to this podcast. I also would like to thank my sponsors. Thank you so very much. 525,600 minutes in a year and ticking away very, very quickly. 365 days, right? Minus one month and 14 days. You can do that math. I'm not really a mathematician. But anyway, the days are moving. They're moving. They're moving. And I hope that this finds you well-blessed and in your right mind. And that you have something to be happy about today. There are a couple of songs and sayings out there that say everybody needs something or someone to love and it seems as if this word love L-O-V-E is needed more today than probably ever before huh? I don't know we can all say that but we've been through so much in this life together all of us we all have something in common because we are human and because we are human beings We have this amazing capacity to do this thing, this life, and experience in it the word love. L-O-V-E. Stevie Wonder has a beautiful song that was written in the 70s that's called Love's in Need of Love Today. I wish that I could play that behind this podcast this morning, but there are certain songs that uh, you can choose, and I'm not actually on my computer this morning. I'm actually on the actual app, so can't play it behind it. But um, some of the lyrics, you know, good morning or evening, friends. Here's your friendly announcer. I have serious news to pass on to everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Serious news here to pass on to everybody. Pretty incredible. So good people, what are you going to do today? Are you, or have you prepared some things with your children to take to school? You know, uh, go to, going to the dollar store and all that, putting together all of the little candies and the little cards, be my valentine, all that good stuff. Are you sending roses or flowers to the person that you love, your significant other or girlfriend or boyfriend? or What are your plans? Who knows? Well, within this love day, I hope, most importantly, that you may do something for yourself to use as Caesar is saying these days, In rehearsals, he's saying (laughs) self-care. Self-care. So loving on yourself is one of the best things that you can do in this life, to love yourself. And a lot of people walking this way sometimes get off of uh, the love train for themselves. Start doing things that really, really are unbecoming of them as an individual and start jumping on somebody else's train and trying to be like someone else. 
And uh, I want to encourage all of you out there this morning to just take a little time. Yes, to enjoy others and with the chocolates and all that. and But also take some time to tell yourself I love you. Because a lot of us never hear it. Never. And um, something about it, right? You can make your way through this life through so many hurts and pains and not having a simple hug from someone. And then this February 14th comes around and it's a love day. And some people have no one to share the love day with. But, again, I encourage all of you to do a little bit of loving on yourselves, Lord. (laughs) If you happen to be single, you know, take yourself out to a movie. Send yourself some edible arrangements and say, to me, with love, from me. Love on yourself. So, good people, this is also Black History Month. The two together. Celebrating a little bit of black love. (laughs) Black love. It is amazing. Wow. Did you actually know there was a Black Love Day? I never knew that. Get out of here. When did this happen? They said yesterday, February 13th, is celebrating 27 years of creating solutions for better relationships within black and white communities. With this year's 2020 theme, reparations to repair, to reconcile, to restore the love, which emphasizes the fifth BLD tenant, which is to demonstrate love for the black race. Wow. Did you even know that was a holiday? Good people. They didn't tell me about this. 2020 Black Love Day celebration. And they have a list of events that you might like. You might like for Black Love Day. I This says emotional Emancipation Circle. Love Thyself, a panel discussion. Mom's Healing Warrior Circle. They have Fitness Day. Let's Stay Together, Black Love Day celebration. Wow, Black Men Breaking Free. Self Care Saturday, February 29th, 7. AM. Wow, this is amazing. Healing Black Love. Now, we're just finding all this out together. But this is awesome. Black Marriage Week, Sunday, March 22nd, 5 p.m. Black Marriage Week. Well, whoever created this is pretty awesome pretty pretty awesome I've never ever heard of this black love day well I guess if I'm around next year I guess I got two days to celebrate 
Let's look at the definition of what is Black Love Day. Black Love Day is the Valentine's Day alternative celebrating black love. It says Valentine's Day and European centric holiday which packages romance and I love you around Hallmark cards and boxes of Godiva's is not the only celebration black people are participating in this weekend. Every year on February 13th is a holiday called Black Love Day. Now, I've been alive for 46 years. I've never heard of Black Love Day. Anyway, Ayo Handy Kendi, 64, is the founder of the African American Holiday Association, a nonprofit that seeks to Preserve black culture through tradition and ritual. Handy Kendi, who also goes by Mama Ayo, created Black Love Day in 1993 as an alternative holiday for black people to celebrate and love one another at a time of year when love is already in the air. Black Love Day has risen to prominence over the course of its 23-year history and in recent years the holiday has become a popular hashtag affirmation many forms of black love on twitter and instagram black love day february 13th wow we encourage people on this day to do something very simple just demonstrate love for 24 hours and celebrate and atone offer forgiveness to ourselves and to others and to accept the very important tenets what we call the five black love tenets Handy Kendi told the Daily Dot the five black love tenets which work for both celebrations or on social media are showing love for the creator, love for themselves, love for their families, love for the black community, and love for the black race. This is beautiful. Andy Kendi, founder of the African American Holiday Association, is was uh, in 1989 following this year of community organizations uh, and outreach around uh, African-centered uh, culture and holiday. In January 1993, she saw Spike Lee's acclaimed biographical drama, Malcolm X. And during the bus ride back home, her creator spoke to her and inspired her to create Black Love Day. Wow. The scene in which Spike Lee shows black people shooting down my black brother, Malcolm, who is really my hero. It was so graphic, she said, reminiscing about sitting in the back of Washington, D.C. on the bus alone following the screening. 
touched my soul so deeply, she continued, as I thought of this scene. And I could see the pain of Sister Betty Shabazz. And I said it out loud to the Creator, what can I do to stop the violence and increase the peace? What can I do? I heard the Creator say to me that we need more black love. In February 1993, she decided to have a gathering in the name of black love. She celebrated the following year as well after the death of a son from violence. In the two decades since, Black Love Day has expanded to include events and workshops. Its focus has expanded as well. And at one point, Handy Kindy's significant other encouraged her to include white people to show love in action on Black Love Day. She said the inclusivity, she explained, would be so that we can still heal our relationships. We can all return to love. Wow. This would be and include, she continued, white people looking at their white privilege and their attitudes about race. Black Love Day has also inspired other festivities around black love since its creation. For example, artists and We Act radio hosts, Kimon Freeman, 45, established a black LUV Love Unity Vision Festival with other artists in 1997. I met Mama Ayo. Once I decided the event should be called Black LUV Festival and that I needed to be a blessing to the founder of Black Love Day, Freeman told The Daily Dot. Freeman believes that black lives matter, growth, and popularity made black love easier for people to digest, which might have sparked black hashtag Black Love Day's popularity in 2015. We're just embracing ourselves, he said. And we can go on and on with this. Now again, I have never heard of Black Love Day. And yesterday was Black Love Day. Wow, wow, wow. Where have I been? Did you know that there was Black Love Day? I mean, just anybody out there listening, I had no clue of it. <sighs> but anyway, today is this day that we have celebrated for years, which is the Valentine's Day. But now I know of Black Love Day on February 13th. So I'm going to say happy Black Love Day, belated and also <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. So we learn something new every day, don't we? Don't we learn something new every day? Come on, somebody say it. I commit to learning something new every day. Come on and say that with me. I commit to learning something new every day. Uh, recently on the gram, the Instagram situation, trying to figure this thing out. I'll put a little post up. Someone had actually sent it to me and I thought it was absolutely beautiful and I don't claim to make certain things up. Some I do, some I don't. This is 
yourpositiveoasis.com. In life, it's important to know when to stop arguing with people and simply let them be wrong. In life, it is important to know when to stop arguing with people and simply let them be wrong. And I think so many of my ancestors stopped arguing and proved the narrative wrong that we were dangerous people, that we were a violent people, that we were an ignorant people, that we were not capable of doing what so many people had done to be successful in this life. I want to tell you about an extreme example of self-love. Now, back in the day, they used to say that the black man needed to pull himself up by his boots uh, string, self-love. Uh, you need to pull yourself up by your boot string, right? Meanwhile, back in the day, they did not let uh, African-Americans read or write. And if you got caught reading as an enslaved person, they would punish you for that. And people took a chance. People stepped outside the box, used their creative minds to find ways to begin to be able to read books. Now, it is also said that some people who owned the plantations back in the day used to actually sneak books to some slaves, teach them the ABCs and all of that. And there were some ministers back in the day who were actually allowed to preach uh, to the enslaved people about God and his mercy and his grace and servitude and so many other things. So there did come a time when we were allowed to read and write. And once that happened, whoa, 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 information is powerful. Self-love then becomes something that's at the forefront. So here they go. You free all the people. And in that, they said, okay, cool. We're smart. We're brilliant. We come from a proud people. See, I think some people forget that African-American history didn't believe didn't just begin here when the first Africans landed here in 1619, but African-American history began a long time before that. African-Americans were here on this earth, living, thriving, kings and queens, excuse me, and people think the story begins there at 1619 when the first ones landed here, but it did not. So when that because we come from a proud people, because we come from a very brilliant people who built pyramids in Egypt. <laughs> yes, we did. Here we go. I'm going to talk about Black Wall Street. I want to talk about the community during uh, times of extreme, extreme separation and segregation. Uh, Black Wall Street, you know, was a thriving, thriving town and a lot of people don't know about Black Wall Street and what happened there but I remember a friend of mine had done um, a show about reparations that were supposed to happen from descendants of the Tulsa burnings uh, this is the Black Wall Street and uh, Black Wall Street it flourished as a self-contained hub in the early 1900s. Greenwood Avenue featured luxury shops, restaurants, movie theaters, a library, pool halls, and nightclubs. 
before the Tulsa Reese Massacre. It was called the Tulsa Reese Massacre. You talk about self-love. These were black people who were loving on themselves, built their own community, had their own banks, had their own shops, had their own schools, and were thriving. Self-love. Where the city's black district of Greenwood was attacked by a white mob, resulting in two days of bloodshed and destruction, the area, the area had been considered one of the most affluent African-American communities in the United States for the early part of the 20th century. The massacre, which began on May 31, 1921, had left hundreds of black residents dead and 1,000 houses destroyed often overshadowed the history of the vulnerable black enclave itself. Greenwood District, with a population of 10,000 at the time, 10,000 thriving black souls, had thrived as the epicenter of African-American business and culture, particularly on bustling Greenwood Avenue, commonly known as Black Wall Street. Now, it was developed on Indian territory. Founded in 1906, Greenwood was developed on Indian territory. The vast area where Native American tribes had been forced to relocate, which encompasses much of modern-day eastern Oklahoma. Some African Americans who had been former slaves of the tribes and subsequently integrated into the tribal communities, acquired allotted land in Greenwood through the Dawes Act of... Yeah, through the Dawes Act, a U.S. law that gave land to individual Native Americans. And many black sharecroppers fleeing racial oppression relocated to the region as well in search of a better life post-Civil War. Oklahoma begins to be prominent as a self and safe haven for African Americans who start to come particularly post emancipation to Indian Territory, says Michelle Place, executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. The largest number of black townships after the Civil War were located in Oklahoma between 1865 and 1920. African-Americans founded more than 50 black townships in the state. O.W. Gurley, a wealthy black landowner, purchased 40 acres of land in Tulsa, naming it Greenwood after the town in Mississippi. Now, this was built for black people by black people. Let me say that again. This was built for black people by black people. Now, black people had already been building up this country. So why not build something for ourselves? Why not use all that incredible genius to build something for ourselves? Self-love. Gurley is credited with having the first black business in Greenwood in 1906, says Hannibal Johnson, author of Black Wall Street, from riot to renaissance in Tulsa's historic Greenwood district. He had a vision to create something for black people by black people. Gurley started with a boarding house for African-Americans. Then word began to spread about opportunities for blacks in Greenwood and they flocked to the district. Self-love. O.W. Gurley would actually loan money to people who wanted to start a business, 
says Christy Williams, vice chair of the African-American Affairs Commission in Tulsa. They actually had a system where someone who wanted to own a business could get help in doing that from other black people. How about that? Other prominent black entrepreneurs followed suit. J.B. Stanford, born into slavery in Kentucky, later became a lawyer and activist, moved to Greenwood in 1898. He built a 55-room luxury hotel. Black love, say it again, a black man. He built a 55-room luxury hotel room bearing his name, the largest black-owned hotel in the country. The largest black-owned hotel in the country. An outspoken businessman, Stratford believed that blacks had a better chance of economic progress if they pooled their resources. Come on now. Come on now. This is 2020. And sometimes you ask black people just to help you out and they won't do it. Sometimes we say, come on, help me out. Let's just build this thing together. Let's start this business. Breaks my heart. Greenwood became self-contained and reliant. A.J. Smitherman, a publisher whose family moved to the Indian Territory in the 1890s, founded the Tulsa Star, a black newspaper headquartered in Greenwood that became instrumental in establishing this district's social conscious behavior. The newspaper regularly informed African Americans about their legal rights in any court rulings or legislation that were beneficial or harmful to their community. How about that? Let's read that again. The newspaper regularly informed African Americans about their legal rights and any court rulings or legislations that were beneficial or harmful to their community. Demands for equal rights were an ongoing mission for blacks in Tulsa despite Jim Crow oppression. Greenwood itself had a railroad track running through it that separated the black and white populations. Consequently, Gurley and Stratford's vision of having a self-contained and self-reliant black economic economy came to be not only by desire but by logistics. On Greenwood Avenue, there were luxury shops, restaurants, grocery stores, hotels, jewelry and clothing stores, movie theaters, barbershops, and salons, a library, pool halls, nightclubs, and offices for doctors, lawyers, and dentists. Greenwood also had its own school system, post office, a savings and loan, hospital, and bus, and taxi service. That's amazing. It is said within Greenwood, every dollar would change hands 19 times before it left the community. Wow. Wow. It is said that within Greenwood, every dollar would change hands 19 times before it left the community. I'm going to do a little more for you people. But you good people, excuse me. I'm going to try to just contain the emotions that are coming up. I need to contain them. A time of racial violence. It wasn't long before the affluent African-American. It wasn't long before the affluent African-Americans attracted the attention of local white residents who resented the upscale lifestyle of people they deemed to be 
an inferior race. I think the word jealousy is certainly appropriate during this time, says place. It, if you have particularly poor whites who are looking at this prestigious community who have large homes, fine furniture, crystals, china, linens, etc., the reaction is they don't deserve that. With the resurgence of the KKK, blacks in Greenwood feared racial violence and the removal of their voting rights. The Oklahoma Supreme Court for years routinely excuse me, upheld the state's restrictions on voting access for African Americans, subjecting them to the poll tax and literacy tests and lynchings proliferated across the country, particularly during the red summer of 1919, where anti-black riots erupted in major cities across the United States, including Tulsa. In response, the Tulsa Star encouraged blacks to take up arms and to show up at the courthouse and jails to make sure blacks were on trial, were not taken and killed by white lynch mobs. Accusations of sexual assault ignites riots. Here, here's where it began. But the heightened racial animosity in Tulsa erupted in 1921 when 19-year-old Dick Rowland, a black shoe shiner, was accused of attempted sexual assault of a 17-year-old white elevator operator named Sarah Page. When an angry white mob went to the courthouse and demanded that the sheriff hand over Rowland, the sheriff refused a group of about 25 armed black men, including many World War I veterans, then went to the courthouse to offer help guarding Rowland. As word of a possible lynching spread, a group of around 75 armed blacks blacks returned to the courthouse where they were met by some 1,500 whites. After clashes between the groups, the black men retreated to Greenwood. Mobs of armed white men then descended on Greenwood, looting homes, burning down businesses, and shooting black people dead on the spot. With millions in property damage and no help from the city, the rebuilding of Greenwood began almost immediately thanks to the assistance of the NAACP, other black townships in Oklahoma, donations from black churches and a resilient Greenwood community. However, some businesses like the Tulsa Star newspaper were permanently shuttered in the wake of the violence. The Greenwood district still exists today, but after decades of urban renewal and integration, the area's demographics and business resembles little of its story past. Now, this podcast is going to be over in a few minutes, good people. I didn't expect the podcast to go this way this morning. But I know that I have got to listen as much as I talk. I listen twice as much as I talk. So if this podcast is 30 minutes, I'm listening to content and feeding myself an hour and a half's worth of something before I open up my mouth to speak anything to you. History speaks for itself. It's amazing that in 2020, People even forget Black Wall Street and how people thrived and were taking care of themselves and their community. Segregation was such a heavy thing, such a thing that people really, really don't 
understand. My family, as I was telling you, I found out some things about my family in the part of Alabama that my family's from, Dothan, Alabama. Anyway, Black Wall Street was incredible. It was thriving. You talk about self-love. You talk about self-care. These people were the epitome of it. I have no excuse. I owe so many people for sacrificing, and here were black Brilliant people, doctors, lawyers, teachers, home care givers, loving on each other, making the dollar go around 19 times before it left the community. How? Wealth, self-love. I need to do something to leave something for my children. And prayerfully, I will be a blessing to the community in a great way financially before I leave this planet. One of my goals is to do that because it's my responsibility. I do have the tools that have been locked away. I started listening and I stopped, but I know that even a story like this, which I read to you, can be awe-inspiring to many. So pass this story on to your young people so that they know right now they can become entrepreneurs, that they can become writers, poets. They can tell the stories like no one else can tell them because there are stories. Again, right now I'm doing the story of Emmett Till, which is a beautiful, beautiful story, sad story. But there's so much going on where there's so many modern day Emmett Tills. So what happens when we begin to put all of our minds together to serve back to our communities, to build up our communities, not to tear them down, to really know that we are brilliant people and stop listening to what somebody else told you about yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in self-love and self-care, as Caesar says. Black Love Day was yesterday. <laughs> February 13th. And today is Valentine's Day. So now, we have two days. Plus, the month of February. <laughs> but we're, again, we celebrate it every day. We celebrate our blackness every day. And I hope that this podcast was informative for you. I hope that you learned something today. I did as well. I love reading. I love information. It is just incredible. So good people, I hope today that you spread some love. I hope that you have some time to self-care for yourself. Love on yourself. Love other people. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you choose to subscribe, it would be greatly appreciated. Send it as a gift. Maybe later on I'll do a special little... uh, podcast maybe i'll sing a little bit do a little uh, r&b for you guys all right so have a great day and don't forget that love is in need of love today keep spreading it good people i want to thank you for listening please pass it on self-love self-care black love baby come on now black love all right i'll talk to you guys a little later <laughs>